Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Chase Your Dream. Today we have among us Don Westmoreland. For our audience, Don is an author, she is a speaker, and she is a certified professional life coach. Apart from that, she is an advanced hypnotist also. And most importantly, she provides a how-to system to reduce workplace bullying and discrimination. Our audience wants to know more about you. Don, welcome to my show. Okay. Well, you know, I have been around the block a few times. You know, I'm pretty experienced at what I do. I've worked in human resources for almost 30 years. And uh, so I do consulting around workplace issues. You know, I discuss issues about bullying and discrimination and, you know, other workplace issues. I've been a life coach for about seven years through IPEC. And... You know, I just got finished human I mean, writing two books back to back. That is hard work for anybody writes a book. So it's in the editing process about to go to the copy editor and you know, it's around workplace issues and in my memoir. So you know, I believe that people deserve to work in a safe and respectful work environment. That's the bottom line. So why into this field? What dragged you to this field? So what brought me to this is that, you know, about seven, almost eight years ago, I was working in a federal agency and I spoke up about the lack of black employees because there were about 500 white employees and five black employees. And I knew that something was going on and there was some racism going on, but also um, what we call nepotism in the United States, which is illegal hiring of family and friends. And so I spoke up and I got severely bullied and uh, even got discriminated against. I have uh, some disabilities and uh, the retaliation is when they kind of bully you for reporting them and I had a lot of that. And uh, fast forward, you know, had, uh, you know, some downtime where I was in very bad shape, wrecked my health and, and uh, you know, I lost my home. They cut my paycheck off as punishment. Wouldn't allow me to work from home although other people could work from home so i end up holding them accountable and that's what i believe in is you know i believe in holding people accountable if they're going to act bad i held them accountable and i refused to not sign a non-disclosure agreement which would allow me to talk about my story not so much about talking about my story but sharing it with others for you know, hope and inspiration and to know that they too can stand up to, you know, these workplace issues. So, you know, that's what happened and fast forward, you know, all these wonderful doors have opened, you know, a podcasting about to start a radio show and yeah, and help other people because, you know, I learned how to stand up to it and other people deserve to learn how to stand to it. So this type of discrimination which is happening has happened to you. What do you call it? A systematic racism or a nepotism? Well, there's two different meanings. Um, you know, with me and my HR background, you know, I'm pretty familiar with um, the laws around racism and such. We have a system, an organization, a federal agency called the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and they say that you cannot discriminate based on race. So there was both. There was five black employees out of about five white, you know, 500 white employees, and that was a big, big disparity. And then the nepotism is, you know, where somebody who's in charge of uh, a company or a federal agency or in a position leadership, and they hire their family or their friends 
which is illegal in the federal government. You can do it, you know, in the private sector, you know, like if you, you know, you're, there's a grocery store and the dad owns it, you want to hire his daughter, that's totally legal. But in the federal agencies, you know, nepotism is doing the illegal hiring of family and friends. And so I saw that. Um, some of the supervisors, even the director, were, was bragging about, oh, it's okay, let's hire family and friends. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not fair because, you know, that's why we have uh, problems in the United States in general, you know, when it comes to the hiring, okay? So if they're hiring their family and friends and they're not qualified, you know, to do the job, a lot of times they're not. It's just a matter of, oh my goodness, I'm related to, you know, the guy in charge of the agency and, you know, they get in, they don't know how to do the job, that hurts, you know, the company, I mean, it hurts the federal agency and it hurts all the other people out there that should have had a fair chance of getting in because, you know, we have, um, you know, I think our mayor just put a message here in Asheville, North Carolina, that I think we have about 12% um, black folks that live here. It's a mostly white community, and I noticed that when I moved here 15 years ago, and I found that very odd, uh, because I've lived all over. I've spent 20 years in the Air Force, and I've lived, you know, abroad. I've lived all over the United States, and I thought, well, this is very interesting. What, what's going on? And so when you see, uh, we call it the project, you know, lower housing, you know, lower income housing and you see a lot of black people there and you're thinking well I'm thinking I'm like what's really going on here are they getting a fair opportunity to find a job to elevate themselves you know by promotions in life and so that's that's my journey human I just spoke up I thought it was wrong I thought it was illegal you know I got severely bullied or retaliated against and I you know I got through it it was very hard and then once I got through it, I, you know, that's that inner knowing that, you know, you, you're going through an experience to help other people to, to, I mean, who's better to help somebody who's being bullied in the place of work <laughs> or discriminated against? And let me define discrimination. Discrimination is being discriminated for different, what we call protected classes. It could be your race, the genetics, it could be your age, it could be disability. Um, pregnancy, there, there's uh, religion, you know, so, oh, and LGBT, LGBTQ, so those are protected classes, and it happens all the time, and, you know, the, the people who are working, they don't always know when they're being discriminated against, I mean, unless they're very familiar with the EEOC policies and such. Now, bullying in the workplace, that's not illegal. And bullying could be nothing more than, you know, just somebody giving you a hard time and they're rude to you. Unfortunately, that's not illegal in the United States at this time. But, you know, there are different states in the United States, you know, people are banding together and they're trying to get laws passed where bullying in the workplace is illegal because, you know, depending on where you're looking, you know, 50 to 75% of all people working in in the United States, and I don't know what it is for other countries, but, you know, I talk to people all the time, they're in Canada, um, or Australia, other other countries, even India, and they tell me, oh my gosh, we have an epidemic, you know, <laughs> almost a pandemic in a sense when it comes to incivility, bullying, and, and discrimination, what can we do? Well, 
you know, I'm very familiar with how to handle here in the United States. And, you know, I've taken a peek, like for example, Canada had a, a client that reached me and I found out that they also have a, an agency too, very similar to our Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And I always direct people, you know, I try to provide resources and direct them to the right place. This is important because bullying or discrimination, both of them, is harmful. It has a rippling effect. It affects everybody around that person, whether they work next to him or her, whether they're at home, whether they're friends. It has a horrible rippling effect. So what is the difference between harassment and bullying? Well, um, harassment is discrimination according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. So what they, they define harassment is those different categories that I gave you, like the age, disability, race, you know, LGBTQ. You know, bullying could be like maybe somebody's at work and, and maybe they're jealous or they want to get you in trouble, get you fired. So, Maybe they, um, they're they sneaky and they um, sabotage your work. You know, maybe you're working on a project in the company and they sabotage your work. I mean, is that illegal? No, that's not illegal, but it's bullying. And, you know, and it feels like harassment. But, you know, for terms, you know, using the proper terms, that's, that's what they are. So what does workplace bullying look like? Give some example. Well, you know, here, here's some examples. <laughs> I think of some things that happened to me. I mean, they may sound kind of small and simple, and, you know, to some people it may seem a little bit on the funny side, but it is bullying. You know, I remember having my plant killed right after my, you know, I had a snake, what they call a snake plant, you know, it's called Sansevierian uh, plant. On my desk, I came into work one day and it was totally dead. And it's a really tough party plant. You know, I had my personal um, items, like a, an expensive pen that was stolen off my desk. You know, that's two, two simple, you know, kinds of bullying. You know, but it, it, it could also be that, you know, the supervisor says, get everybody together, we're gonna have a meeting. And then that person chooses not to tell you and then, you know, you don't know about the meeting and you get in trouble or something like that. So how is the impact of bullying on the spirit of a person? The impact is great. I mean, the longer it happens, the more prone that a person is to have chronic health issues. I had about 20 months, just a little less than two years of this. And so, you know, it's retaliation um, for reporting my workplace, you know, they would not allow me to have what we call a reasonable accommodation. That's for the American Disability Act. And, you know, I needed to work from home because my job was, you know, working on the computer. So they did not allow me to work at home. And so because of some health issues that I had, I, I could not, you know, continue to work in this hostile work environment. And the building was over 100 years old and had mold and it rained in it. And it was just a very dangerous place. It was very dangerous for my health at the time. I was having some health issues. So what happened was, you know, they, uh, you know, stopped paying me. And then what also ensued was that I couldn't pay my bills and I lost my home. and. 
because I did not feel psychologically safe and I had been harassed for about 22 months with you know all kind of other other things like administrative leave making me uh, you know leave the workplace and stuff like that cutting my paycheck off so I spent um, three days in what we call the mental health ward because again I did not feel psychologically safe and I was dealing with after 20 months of you know harassment not allowed to work home to do my job I knew I was going to lose my home and I did lose my home and I you know had to move on and uh, you know fast forward you know had a good ending you know I held them accountable but not before I did I had a lot of suffering and so, you know, it's just me. I don't have any, you know, children. I'm not married or anything like that. But, you know, it, you know, my mom, I'm very close to my mom, you know, had a deep impact on my mom. And my, my family was really upset about, you know, all the mistreatment of me. But it's just hard to believe that people could be so ugly to another person. So you have experienced a lot about this bullying and all. Tell me, how do you feel from inside? Well, what was happening to me is that, well, first, let me just state this, you know, I just, I just didn't fall over, you know, and then, you know, and I'm in the mental health ward for a couple, you know, three days. What happened was, you know, I was also writing up documentation, you know, as evidence and proof of what was going on. And because I was working long hours, I was dealing with hostile people that were screaming at me and stalking me and people telling me don't put food in the refrigerator because they were afraid they would try to poison me. I just, um, it, you know, it's really, really upsetting because, you know, you can handle things like I say you can handle, I could handle it. I handled it very well for about 18 months. And then after that, the constant, you know, being charged with false um, allegations of things I didn't do, things that would, you know, try to get me fired. They put me, uh, management put me on administrative, excuse me, administrative leave for about 100 days. And I didn't know if I'd have a job to come back to. So, you know, I'm thinking, geez, this is a lot for one person to deal with. You know, I didn't have anybody come in to rescue me. And I dealt with it the best that I could. But I think what, you know, I tell people um, sincerely where I failed is that, you know, I didn't have a good balance in my life. You know, I was just, um, I'd say, hell-bent on holding them accountable. So every free minute that I had, I was writing up documentation, reviewing laws, you know, directives and things that applied to my case and writing up my case. And, you know, I brought an attorney in at the very end, but, you know, I was, overcommitted, you know, very zealous, thinking, you know, just like back in my Air Force days, you know, even if you're tired, you push through, push through, and I was pushing through, but I paid a very, very high price on my health and well-being, and it taught me a lesson. It taught me a lesson because, you now I've worked with clients, and they're like, oh, I'm tough, I can handle it, and I said, oh, well, let me tell you, so did I, you know, for about 18 months of severe harassment. I said, uh, after a while, you know, these little acts of incivility add up and you start having chronic health issues. And every case of, of clients I've worked with, they've all come back. Uh, a lot of them in tears, they're like, Don, I can't handle this, I can't handle this. And I said, that's, you know, I just finished writing my book and I talk about balance, you know, that people have to have balance in their life when they're dealing with severe chronic 
health issues because you know they're they're and, and it's valid concern they're afraid they're going to lose their home they're afraid they're going to lose their health benefits how are they going to put food on the table for their family or just themselves it's, it's pretty terrifying when you think you can't come through every time this bullying and discrimination happens it hampers the self trust the more you allow it the more you fall so what are your tips to be a victorious in this type well, of well here's here's the biggest thing i had um i had a very very good advantage okay i'm not saying it made it easier by any means but when you work in human resources you're kind of familiar with employment laws in the united states like i knew that I had to be provided a reasonable accommodation and all that is is uh, an accommodation to work with the disabilities you have so you can do the job so you can perform the job. So um, you know I knew all that and I guess my victory is I knew how to write it up. I knew how to hold, you know, my bullies accountable and you know the fact that I didn't bring a and an attorney an employment attorney in to the very very end i think that is very victorious and i think one of the things that i'm the most proud of is that when we got down to two days before we're all going to convene in front of the administrative judge of the equal employment opportunity commission you know uh, the veteran affairs and that federal agency i work for they're the second largest federal agency in the united states they finally said let's settle because they were facing you know they were going to stand in front of a judge and a lot of times more things come out so you know they wanted to settle with me and my victory was that you know I got a settlement but my really biggest victory I believe Shimon is that I said I'm not going to sign any statement that keeps me quiet and they tried and tried and tried to get me to sign it and I refused because again there's a, a time and place when you know that you've gone through this experience and it's my life work now to help other people detail more about what has happened to you from the beginning means how it started why it happened how you fight back there is a story all together so i want to know details <laughs> well that's a, it's a, it's a really long story you know i basically um i basically told the the director that i was not going to put up with any harassment that the behavior of um discriminating against me for my disabilities because that's what opened up the uh, channel to work with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. You know, I you know, I spent 20 years in the Air Force, so I'm, you know, I know about being a leader. I know about sticking up for myself. I know about sticking up for other people. So, you know, it boils down to having courage because you know, the the bottom line is we all are going to experience fear. and fear can be very very uncomfortable and and it's been uncomfortable to me you know people have said were you ever scared of course i was scared you know i'm talking a bunch of people in for illegal activities but you get to decide you know do you want to be empowered move through the fear or do you want to be disempowered and not move through the fear and the problem still stays there so Yeah, I I've always had, you know, quite a bit of resiliency. I have to give a lot of credit to, you know, my background of being in the Air Force and, you know, and also on the light side. You know, I grew up with seven brothers and step brothers. And, <laughs> and that also taught me about resiliency. So, as tell us in case of bullying, how a woman can fight back. You are an example, but normal, I want to know. 
Well, you know what? You know, sometimes people think that women are the, the weaker sex. Um, and I disagree. I, I really disagree because I have had uh, men clients that I've worked with, you know, consulting, and some of them were in the military, like me. And I can think of one uh, person, um, big burly guy, and I remember him saying at work, because he reported some illegal activities, they can't touch me, they can't, you know, they can't break me. And then the next thing I knew that was going on is he's calling me and he's very upset and he's very distressed. And, you know, I didn't want to, you know, rub it in his face, but I reminded him, it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, how resilient, how tough, everybody has like a breaking point where, you know, when, when you're just harassed and harassed and harassed and harassed, that, you know, you start to break down. And, and he, he finally agreed with me. And so, but to answer your question about women, it's, you know, resiliency is like a muscle. You have to use it. If everything was perfect every single day, you probably wouldn't be uh, growing that resiliency muscle. So when you go through these different hard times, you know, for me, I lost my home, um, our credit scores, you know, stuff like that. Um, I had to start all over. I had to move to a much, uh, you know, lower income house. You know, not I'm not saying, uh, you know, like the project or anything that we call the lower income. But, you know, I was living in a very nice house, you know, with beautiful land in South Asheville. And, you know, for until I had my hearing with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, I had to give up probably about 70% of my possessions, sell it and everything because I had to live off of that because my money was taken away. And even though I was retired from the Air Force, I was living at a much higher standard. But, you know, through all of it, the silver lining is that I learned that, you know, a lot of times people hold on to possessions, you know, material items, and it doesn't make you a happier person. So all of this helped really liberate me and change me, transform me into another person. So with women, you know, it's just being a matter of being uncomfortable and, and moving forward with standing up for yourself and they may not have the background you know and not everybody works in HR and not I mean everybody has as much HR experience as me but you know they may have to reach out and get help they may have to reach out to employment attorney you know to get some help when it comes to discrimination and bullying is not illegal so they either have to be able to with you know put up with it you know hopefully get, have an empathetic uh, leader in the company and say, hey, this is wrong and it needs to stop. Because it all boils down to, you know, top, you know, top down. The leader, if whoever's in charge of company, if he or she says, no, we're not going to have, we're going to have no tolerance for incivility, for bullying. And they back it up by, you know, getting, you know, getting serious with the company and saying, uh, you know, if there's problems, you know, here are the consequences, you know, which might lead to termination for the company. But it's not weak, and I tell my clients all the time, it's not weak if you need to leave a bad job, a bad boss, a bad situation, because sometimes it's not going to get any better, and there's nothing more important than somebody's health and well-being. And there are other, other jobs out there, and you know, 
The cool thing is yesterday, I meet a lot of people. I was talking to a 25-year-old male and a 30-year-old male. Both of them work for themselves, and we were talking about, you know, all the concerns of being, you know, working for yourself and being an entrepreneur. And these guys are really, really doing great. In fact, I want to have one of them on my radio show because, you know, he overcame all his fears and he was talking about how he had learning disabilities and, and attention deficit disorder. And it's just, with anything in life, whatever the blocks are is busting through them or overcoming them. Mm-hmm. So you always stress about documentation. So what type of documentation? How documentation looks like? Well, documentation is, you know, holding on to paperwork, um, you know, sending email trails and such, such like that, you know, just proving that you reached out to people about them harassing you and, and such. and holding on to that, you might have to present it to an employment attorney or you might have to um, use it, you know, to leverage against, you know, somebody mistreating you in the workplace. I mean, there's, there's other ways to hold people accountable. Like I can think of one guy um, that I know and he actually secretly recorded being bullied, which is not illegal, but he sent the video <laughs> to the news and the news had um, his bullying incident all over the place. So he embarrassed, he embarrassed, I'm not going to say where it's at, but he embarrassed his bully and because he embarrassed that bully so bad, um, they made amends to that guy. So addition to documentation, what are the things that you require? Well, you know, the thing is, I think it's important, and that's where a lot of people don't know, and that's why I just finished writing my book about bullying and discrimination, because, you know, step-by-step-by-step strategies, you know, to be able to deal with bullying and, and discrimination in the workplace. So, you know, I mean, people could apply for promotions and and not get, um, not receive a promotion, and maybe somebody else got it that, you know, was not the best candidate, you know, and you can, you know, write that up as documentation, you know, like if you put in for some kind of discrimination charges and all of a sudden now you're getting a bad performance appraisal or evaluation or you're not getting promoted, you know, things like those are retaliation. You could write that up and send it to your case manager. When we, when, uh, you know, federal or you know, civilian sector, you know, if they file with the EEOC, there's different procedures and such. I won't get into it because it's too long. But you have the right to prove that you're being retaliated against. In fact, most people, according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, um, most of them, when they get settlements, it's not always because of this discrimination, but especially in the federal agencies, it's because of the retaliatory action. And, you know, honestly, retaliation, um, which is illegal, according to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, but often it seems like bullying because all of a sudden, you know, to get rid of you or to make your life miserable, to make you drop your case, you know, they, um, management, you know, folks that are not very ethical will start doing things to try to get rid of you. So as a woman, if you are clear and have self-esteem, May I ask you, how do you validate this situation? Um, because Upwork was really, um, really introverted 
men and women, mostly women, mm -hmm. and I tell them, you know, you always have options, you know, if it comes down to it, if you can't, if you're not willing to press charges, if it's a discrimination, then, you know, and if it continues, then you've got to make a decision before your health depletes and before things get too bad. And that might mean looking for another job as simple as that because I always say it's not weak on a person to move on to a better job where they're treated with respect, you know, where, where they're validated, where they're valued, you know, for all the skills and what they bring. So I encourage people if they don't want to do the, you know, that's not necessarily combative, but if, if they don't want to be assertive and press charges and stuff, they have to understand that the bullying may continue and it may wreck their health and they could uh, they could be fired. You know, we have what's called at-will states. So every state's different, you know, in the United States. You, there are some states where you can be fired any time uh, for any reason, okay? And, but they cannot, according to the, you know, our Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, they cannot be fired because of any of the discrimination classes like disability, age, you know, LGBTQ. And it's always on the individual to be able to prove that happens. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Now it is not only your story, it is a story about all who are suffering. Tell us something about the empowered whistleblower. Well, you know, uh, I had a friend who came up with that title and I kind of laughed because I thought, wow, that's, um, that's kind of catchy. I wrote a book five years ago called The Empowered Whistleblower, which was about, you know, my story because I was considered or am considered a government whistleblower. And so it, it just kind of stuck. And when I started podcasting a couple years ago on workplace issues, you know, I also called it the empowered whistleblower. And of course, you know, I've had a few people ask, well, what, you know, what is this empowered whistleblower, you know, and it's not, you know, I don't bring people on to talk about um, whistleblowers. What I do is I, you know, use it as you know, saying that I blow the whistle on workplace issues, you know. So I bring in employment attorneys that might talk about discrimination laws or Family Medical Leave Act. They talk about the rights of COVID, you know, with, you know, how to deal with COVID as an employee. And also, for you know, as an employer, I brought on life coaches, mental health professionals. I brought on all different kinds of experts that are qualified in some aspect to help the listeners, whether they've been bullied or discriminated. Because, you know, even after I settled back in March of, um, let's see, was it 20, yeah, 2014, you know, just because you get a settlement, that does not mean that, okay, I'm all good. You know, because I had been traumatized for a long time. <laughs> My phone had been tapped, you know, where they could listen in. And I felt very... Uh, traumatized by it and it takes time and then you know sometimes people have to get help with maybe a mental health professional you know they have may have chronic health issues you know ulcers or uh, high blood pressure or severe sleeping problems because they're you know 
they're so traumatized that they can't sleep at night. So what dragged you to podcasting? Well, um, I like to look at look at it, I mean, not so much as protesting, but, you know, speaking up and, you know, empowering people, which means teaching them how to stand up for themselves. I mean, a lot of people have heard about, you know, the fishing story, they say in the Bible, you know, that, you know, teach a man how to fish and he has a fish for the day. Teach him how to fish, you know, so he can eat forever. And so, you know, I've worked with clients one-on-one. I've taught them how to document. I've written their documentation. I've told them, you know, uh, from an HR perspective, you know, how to address things, how to handle things, what to look out for, you know. they. I mean, I have to bring an employment attorney when it comes to the law, you know, and legal counseling and such. So I wouldn't call it protesting or fighting. what I really want to call it is, you know, empowering people because I write, you know, weekly article. I've got my two books that will be going out. We're looking for a publisher here soon. And, you know, and the podcasting is bringing on other people that are qualified to help people that are dealing with the bullying and discrimination and other work issues. So, yeah, because I think, you know, here, okay. Here's how I really feel about protesting is, um, yes, people should speak up, absolutely speak up, but it's how it's done because, you know, if you sit there and you start a fight, you're going to attract a fight, but if you sit there and you teach people, and as I call it, empower people how to stand up for themselves, they don't have to fight. All they have to do is go through the motions of filing charges against, you know, company if it comes down to that, if they can't, you know, if the company won't, um, you know, work with them. I always say try to work with the company first. I mean, I'm not anti-company. I'm not against the employer. There are very good people out there. Um, sometimes they're not aware of how bad of the problems that they have in the workplace and, and they need to have that addressed. So you're also an advanced level hypnotist. So. Will that, is that still a practice or that is just a... Well, I, I became a, a hypnotist and then I had advanced certification probably about mm, seven, eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of, I learned a lot of different modalities and tools. I haven't used hypnosis in a while. That's only because I've been focused on another aspect of my work, but I have you know, I'm qualified and trained and have the certification to help somebody regress. I I worked with a lady uh, quite a few years ago and she had been really bullied and really traumatized by a mean supervisor. And she came to me and I, you know, a hypnotist always works with the patient, you know, or I'm sorry, not patient because that's hypnotherapy, but the client and they asked them, you know, what are your goals? And in this case, this girl had been so traumatized that it, it affected every aspect of her life and she wanted to have more confidence. So I hypnotized her. We had some helpful suggestions for confidence. We worked together a couple of times and it was, it was a really powerful experience because she turned around and she actually felt more comfortable and confident and she confronted the bully and told him, you know, what he did was wrong and that she'd moved on from him. It was liberating for her because she was able to release that trauma. It wasn't stuck in her head all the time. 
So what was your ambition when you were a child? Uh, you know what? Um, I retired from the Air Force. Um, oh my. <laughs> I think it's been 16 years now. And, you know, I spent 20 years and then retired at the age of 40. I got an associate's degree at two years of college here in horticulture. So I'm a real avid gardener. And uh, this week with one of my friends, we went kayaking on a lake for two times. And I, I love doing that outdoors. So I love being outdoors, especially when it's not super, super hot, because right now it's pretty hot and humid. We're supposed to get some thunderstorms in. And, you know, and also, you know, you asked about outside, but I love traveling too. So I like meeting new people. Um, this Saturday, I'm going to have some friends over. We're going to have a barbecue. And, you know, of course, be socially distanced and, you know, all that. So I'm excited about that. So what was your ambition when you were a child? My ambition when I was a child, I was very, very um, active. <laughs> My mother, if she was on, would tell you that I was a little bit mischievous. You know, I was always curious about everything, getting into everything. And I would, my mom said that I learned to climb the uh, light pole before I began to walk. So uh, I was very, very um, busy as a little kid. And I had uh, just this incredible imagination as a child. <laughs> I think that also helped you, you know, later on to be very creative in the work that you do. Because I think just about any job or most jobs that you can take that creativity and bring that into your work. So you have achieved a lot. You have become an author. You are also a leader, a life coach. What next? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm about to get trained. I, Asheville, North Carolina has a radio station. It's FM 103.7. And I am really excited because they asked me to have a weekly radio show and I'll probably be doing it from home because of COVID and also the thing is is that almost all of my guests do not live in my town. They, you know, I've interviewed people in Canada and Australia and the thing is is that I'll probably be doing it by Zoom and it'll be affiliated with the radio station. So. Once the books get picked up by a publisher, and it takes a little time, I would like to be able to do events. And the book is written where um, I can train it, teach it to groups and people, you know, that are interested in more training. I feel like it's very comprehensive, and I've got feedback from what we call our beta readers that have been reading it and and making sure that it, you know, makes sense and it'll be helpful to people. So. Um, I think that's the most immediate thing because I love consulting, still consulting, you know, I'm still going to continue to do the writing, but I would like to do some speaking around, you know, about people standing up for themselves, you know, I mean, I could tell my story and, and you know, I think the story is important just to know that people can, they can stand up to bullying and discrimination, so I think that's important. If you are in my shoes. Uh, what are the things that I haven't asked you? <laughs> Why are you not asking me? That's a good question. Oh, well, if we're wrapping up, I would just say that, you know, every day, I'm going to repeat myself, but I think it's so important, is that you know, think hard, hard times will come up. 
you know, people, our, our loved ones passed away, uh, maybe a sibling passed away, maybe we go through a divorce, um, maybe a friend um, leaves the relationship or something like that. And it's really an opportunity to learn from each experience, to grow, because, you know, everything happens for us, not to us. And that's where a lot of people get in trouble and even I got you know into that little bit of uh, trouble is anytime that you feel like you're a victim even when things are so bad and so horrible and I felt like they were at the time for me the, the really the bottom line is that you have a choice you have a choice to either feel like a victim or to be more empowered or to be at peace because we don't have to you know, we don't have to play in the game of, you know, incivility. We don't have to play in the game of, you know, somebody's drama and such. We can always choose peace. We can always choose to be empowered. And in every experience, we can learn from it. You know, what did I learn from this opportunity? Um, what did I learn from my opportunity was I become far more educated in the work I do very educated, very experienced, and I become more resilient, and I'm not the same person I was uh, even a year ago, five years ago, I mean, I, I, you know, very quickly know how to handle somebody if they start bullying me or, you know, giving me a hard time, you know, and I think that's really, really important because I also realize every day I have choices. You know, I don't have to tap into ugly stuff, negativity. I stay off of Facebook. I, I mean, well, let me back up. I don't get on Facebook and scroll and read everybody's posts. You know, I, I'll check it out a little bit. And I'm not saying Facebook is bad, but, you know, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of hatred, and there's kind of a collective consciousness of that, and I don't want to participate in it. So, you know, I choose wisely the people that I hang out with. And I'm very good with being very independent myself because I am very independent. Given a chance to make this world a better place to live, what steps will you take? <laughs> I, you know, people ask that all the time. Well, here's the thing. That's why I wrote my book. I wrote two books. One about my life. I dealt with a lot of bullying, you know, all through my life in the Air Force and, you know, especially with the VA. But my book, I believe, is going to fill a void that hasn't been filled. There's not a book out there that covers some of the topics that I put out there. And so I, I know without a doubt that the book is going to help a lot of employees. And, you know, the thing is, I'm not just for employees. I'm all about employers, too. But, you know, I have to start somewhere. And that's why I wrote, you know, this very comprehensive book. I took two years writing these two books. And it's going to teach people, you know, how to stand up to bullying and discrimination. And I know it's going to help a lot of people because there are a lot of people that are being mistreated. And the nice thing is that they don't have to necessarily hire me, that they will learn a lot from the book that they can utilize, you know, themselves and help themselves. And that's what it's all about, you know, is teaching people to be empowered. So. What is your biggest failure and what do you have learned from that? My biggest failure was what I was talking about earlier was right in the middle of um, 
you know, standing up against the veteran affairs, I was spending 14, 16 hour days, you know, working to go home. And then I was researching and writing and documenting up stuff. And I, I failed to take care of myself, you know, I did not have a good balance. And if I could go back and change it, <laughs> I would, I absolutely would have taken better care of myself. And what I mean by taking care of myself is, you know, I would have rested more. I would have found modalities like, I believe I like meditating. I feel that helps me connect to the divine. And I would have done more of that um, back then, and now I'm doing it today. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I take complete responsibility that I could have done a better job at managing my health, well-being, and balance. I failed there, and I paid, and I paid the price for it. Any message for my audience? Any message? Um, I always, you know, when I finish <laughs> my podcast, I always tell people every day you have a choice, you know, to stay empowered or disempowered. I hope you choose the empowered way. Stay empowered, you know. And that could be, you know, staying empowered might mean, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean standing up to bullying and discrimination, but there's a lot of ways that people can be empowered. It could be, you know, finding a new job, you know, learning a new skill, starting a podcast, you know, spreading spreading your skill set, you know, through writing or podcasting or speaking. Anything more you want to say? Well, I am really honored <laughs> that I'm on your show, Shuman, and um, we've had some technical difficulties, so, you know, it's been great that you've been so patient, and I love, I just love your energy, and I love what you're doing, and I wish you the very best. And again, thank you for allowing me to be on your show. <laughs> thank you, thank you. The pleasure is entirely mine. It was nice talking to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us this week. Don't forget to subscribe us on any platform, be it Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Geo Seven, Castbox, etc. Also, tell your friend, family members, and enemies about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for another new episode. Myself, Shoman Singhutta, signing off. Not before saying, all dreams can come true, provided you have the courage to pursue them. This episode is sponsored by Nestle. Good food, good life. Lays, can't eat just one. And Uhu, both simple hai. I would like to thank my listeners for listening to my podcast. And I'm also recommending the listeners to listen to the podcast of my fellow podcaster, Nafisa Nazneen. 
The name of our podcast is Basics to Bloom. This podcast will enlighten you to look at things in a different way and will guide you to transform yourself to the better version for Basics to Bloom. Her podcast is available in all major platforms be it Apple, Spotify, Google and obviously anchor.fm. Do remember to check her out. The name of our podcast is Basics to Bloom. Thank you.